All right, let's take our Bibles this morning, turn to Proverbs chapter number 6. Proverbs chapter number 6, we'll begin reading there in verse number 20. Uh, I think the first half of the verses that we read will understand about Mother's Day. The second half may have you wondering. Uh, and so, but there's a broad application there that we'll touch on just briefly this morning. But mostly we want to see uh, the guidance that mom has given us and, and to praise the Lord for that. And so Proverbs chapter 6 and we'll begin in verse number 20. The Bible says, My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart, and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs and instruction are the way of life. To keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman, Lust not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by means of a whorish woman a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Can a man take fire in his bosom, and his clothes be not, not be burned? Can one go upon hot coals, and his feet not be burned? I want to speak this morning to you on this thought, the influence of mother. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the time again that we have this morning. Thank you for... Uh, Lord, thank you doesn't seem sufficient for the gift that you've given us in mothers. Lord, I pray that you'd help us always to appreciate ours. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to uh, honor them. And Lord, realizing that in honoring them, we glorify you. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to, uh, Lord, open our hearts now to your word, that you'd speak to us from it. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as we look here this morning at our text, we see... Uh, this instruction in the beginning and to understand its impact you have to understand really those latter verses Solomon the wisest man that ever lived certainly fell from uh, from grace in the sense that uh, that he uh, lost his way and for all of his wisdom uh, he did not stay true to what God and the, and the godly life that, God, that had been granted him and given him and the power that God had given him uh, he was a, a great king uh, he was an honored king, he was a revered king, uh, but he allowed corruption to set in. And so when you look and you see his instruction now uh, to his son is, is really this, it's don't make the same mistakes that I did. Don't waste and squander what you have in your life. Solomon's vice uh, was women and it destroyed a lot of his influence and it certainly took away from uh, a lot of what God could have accomplished even more and as a result of that the kingdom was divided but I think what you see demonstrated here in a broader context is that the pattern that's described uh, of him falling from uh, from walking with God uh, is that is the same pattern that all sin invades our lives in whether it's adultery, whether it's idolatry, whether it's, it's any type of sin that comes into our life, it has a similar pattern. To keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Listen, the devil comes and whatever sin he wants to entrap us with, it's the flattering words. It's the, this isn't so bad. It's, this is, uh, this is going to be great. And then he causes us to then long for or to lust after whatever that sin is that's being put before us. Now I'm not 
trying to change the context here. He's given a very specific example, but I do want to make the point that there is a very broad application and pattern here, where there is a very broad movement here. For by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought into a piece of bread, uh, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Sin is hunting for life. Sin is hunting for those that are vulnerable. So how are we protected from that? What is it that God has given us specifically in our life? I mean, obviously, we have the gospel, we have the word of God, we have, uh, we have uh, other mechanisms, we have the influence of the church, but there's a special role that mothers play in keeping our lives on course and on track for the glory of God. And we see that in the preceding verses. My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. It's interesting that the father gives the command, but he's commanding the law that's been instilled by the mother. Uh, and so he talks about reproof being that thing that keeps us on course. And, uh, and what that law that mom has instilled, that personality that mom has shaped, the values that mom from the earliest stages of life has, has put into us. And you have to understand this morning uh, that there are imprints, the imprint of mother on our lives is inescapable. And you could look back and say, you know, I want to break free from everything that, uh, that I was put into me as a child. You can't. You can mask it. You can hide it. You can run from it. But it's always there. And at some point in your life, it's going to emerge. It's going to, it's going to come back. And, and what his instruction is, is listen, your father's command is important. But realize that the father's command is in keeping with the law of the mother. It is what your mom, see mom has us from the early recesses of life. Uh, no child wants dad to comfort them whenever they're, they're wounded or hurt. Uh, when a child's heart is broken, they want mom. When there's, an, when there's a cut or a bruise, they want mom. When there's some nurturing that needs to be done, nurturing is done uh, by mom. That doesn't come generally from dad. Dad needs us uh, to, uh, to look to what mom has instilled in us so that he can draw from that and build from that and work on that. And so, my son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Then he tells us, bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. It's so easy for us to drift from what God has instilled. It's easy for us to, uh, and from what mom has put into us at God's behest. It's so easy for us to loosen from that. And what he's saying is, that's your protection. That's your guidance. That's your, that's your, your value system uh, that's been placed within you. Cling to that. Don't hide from it. Don't run from it. Don't reject it. Uh, clutch on to that. And when thou goest, it shall lead thee. We are led by what mom has instilled in us. What leads us through life and what, what directs us is, uh, in our intuition is what was placed in us as a child. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. When thou awakest, it will talk with thee. And so when we stop and we look at a mother's influence, I don't think that we could overstate it. That it is profound, it is life-forming, uh, and it is something that God has designed. And we talk about influence, we talk about literally the definition of the word meaning a flowing into. It is mom 
flowing into, in this context, referring to uh, either substances that are spiritual or too subtle to be visible. Uh, in other words, that, that what mom has instilled in us may not even be uh, something that we recognize, but yet it's there. And it's a long-lasting fragrance. It's with us from childhood to the end of our lives. The story was told of, uh, of, of just a short story written by a man named O.A. Newell and, uh, many years ago talking about uh, an angel that came from heaven and took a stroll across the earth. And as he walked across the earth on a beautiful day, he found his way uh, down to this old world and uh, roamed the countryside looking for that which was uh, beautiful and majestic. And he looked at all the different scenes of nature. He looked at the art. He's, he watched the sunset uh, set uh, come down and come to bring the day to a close. He plumed his golden wings back and said, I must return to the world of, uh, of light. And I want to take some memories with me and some mementos of my visit. And so as he passed by, he looked and he saw a beautiful field of flowers and he stopped and he uh, took a moment to pluck some of those flowers and to arrange a beautiful bouquet and to smell them. And he thought, what a wonderful, beautiful example of that which is uh, precious and lovely on the earth. And uh, as he took those and clutched them in his hand and uh, winged his way across the countryside, he saw a cottage. And through the window of the cottage, he saw a crib. And in that crib, he beheld the uh, face of a smiling baby that was even more beautiful than the roses that he held in his hand. And he said, I want to I take that with me too. And so he uh, latched on to that memory. And then as he got ready to leave, he looked at the face of the mother pouring love down into that crib through her eyes and and watching over the child. And he said, of everything that I've seen, that is the prettiest thing in all of the world. I want to take that too. And so with those things in hand and in mind, he took his treasures and he began to wing his way back to heaven. And as he uh, got close, he stopped just before he entered the gate. And to his astonishment, as he looked into his hand, the flowers were withered and the fragrance was, uh, was gone. And uh, as he looked at the baby, the face was now not the face of a child, but the face of, a, uh, of an older man. And what once was a loving smile was now a disheartened frown. And he kind of cast those to the side and he said they didn't last they wouldn't hang out but when he looked at the mother uh, the mother had retained all of its pristine beauty and uh, and fragrance and that smile had never changed that love had never changed and he said of everything in the world the one thing that always lasts is the love of a mother a mother always loves her children even when her children are unlovely what a wonderful picture of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us he loved us when we were unlovely it's amazing how uh, sometimes a, a mother will uh, hang on in love when everyone else is given up and forsaken. But that's why God gave us mom. Always to have someone to encourage, always to have someone to pray, always to have someone to influence. A mother's influence. Taking that little infant child and molding that baby. The old poem is written, I took a piece of plastic clay and idly fashioned it one day and as my fingers passed it still it moved and yielded at my will I came again when days were past the form I gave it still it bore and as my fingers pressed it still I could change that form that form no more I took a piece of living clay and gently formed it day by day 
and molded with my power and art, a young child's soft and yielding heart. I came again when days were gone. It was a man I looked upon. He still that early impress bore, but I could change him nevermore. Listen, the reality this morning is, is that we are, in large part, what our mothers have made us to be. And when we stop and we realize that sacrifice, we stop and say, Mom, thank you and we honor you. Dr. Howard Kelly dedicated his book, A Scientific Man and the Bible, uh, to his mother. And he said these words, My first and best friend, guide of my youth, inspiration and strength of my mature years, and crown of my approaching threescore years and ten, my mother. And so when we look back and we see what God has given us and giving us mom, we uh, see, I believe here, these, these few things. Number one, what we're seeing here, and my son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother, is that mom has given us a course to follow. You know, a lot of people just kind of wander aimlessly through life. If you're fortunate enough, as I am, to have a Christian mother that loves the Lord and, uh, and wants to uh, invest it in their children to serve God and to have a heart for Him, I would say uh, that course to follow is a priceless gift. But mom has given us a course to follow. Uh, if we've been given that course, we see here the law of the mother. It's a course for godliness. And moms, if your children are still at home, uh, impress in them a course, set them on a course of godliness. The world has its own course and the world will draw them to its course and there will be much opposition to stay on the course that God would have us to walk. But praise God for moms that set their children on a course of godliness. What is that you say, pastor? I say it's a course in which we follow the teachings, the principles of the word of God. It's a course in which the image of God in which we are created and the character of God uh, is instilled into our children from an early age to teach them uh, holiness, to teach them purity, to teach them uh, to honor and to respect authority, to teach them uh, to love the word of God and to, uh, and to love the preaching of God's word, to teach them uh, to live their lives in a way that bring honor and glory to God. All of those things are set in the heart of a child from early stages of life. It's not that God can't intervene later in life and, and put those things in us, but what a great advantage it is to a child to be born to a mother who has a heart that's filled with love for God, that understands the word of God and instills those principles and those truths from the earliest of ages. It is a course for godliness. As Solomon writes and remembers his own mother and remembers uh, his, uh, the commands of his father and he, he certainly uh, knew the flaws of his father and, uh, but he's remembering back as he looks over his life and now at his failures and he remembers the influence of mom and how uh, it set the course of his life and how he had squandered that gift that uh, had been given him by mom and by God and realizing, hey, I was on a course for godliness. It's also a course of compassion. No one is so compassionate as a mom. No one can demonstrate uh, compassion uh, other than the Lord Jesus Christ like a mother. We as fathers uh, tend to be a little bit harder. 
<coughs> we tend to be uh, harsh and rough in play and, uh, and we tend to uh, do things uh, in a different way. I mean, if our, our kids trip and fall and uh, if, as long as nothing's broken and they're not bleeding too bad, they'll get over it. It'll toughen them up. It'll help them, uh, it'll help them to grow and to get better. And, but it doesn't work that way with mom. Mom's running to their aid. Mom wants to come and make sure everything's all right. Mom wants to come and, uh, and to kiss it better. And consequently, it doesn't take a child long to figure that out. Whenever, they, uh, whenever there's a problem they, and, it, and they're hurt, they don't run to dad. They run to mom. They don't run to grandma. If they're grandma or grandpa, they run to grandma. Uh, and so it's just they want that nurturing, that natural compassion. They don't want someone to say, hush it up and stop crying and you're not hurt too bad, you'll get over it. They want somebody to take them up in their lap and to stroke their hair and to kiss it better. And so that's what moms do. Why? Because moms are compassionate. Moms just have a deep-seated compassion. And moms have the ability to be compassionate whenever we don't deserve compassion. You know, it's the older that I get, the, the more difficult it is for me to be as compassionate as I should be. Uh, and so there are some people that it, it's really easy to be compassionate towards, and then there are other that it's more difficult to be, have compassion for. It's hard to have compassion for those that, uh, that, that just seem to be wanting to take advantage of what is offered, rather than to sincerely uh, seek truth. It's easy to have compassion on someone that uh, is seeking truth. It's easy to have compassion on someone that's going through something that you've been through before. It's hard to be compassionate to someone that's going through something that you don't understand, that you've never lived. And even if you want to be compassionate, if you don't understand their hurt or their anguish, then it's hard to show that proper compassion. Uh, it's amazing how God has put in the DNA of every mom the ability to have compassion for their children even whenever their children don't deserve it. I'm glad uh, that we can enjoy that compassion and I'm glad that we have that wonderful picture of the Lord Jesus Christ in our moms this morning. No one shows compassion like Jesus. No one cares for our soul like the Lord. It is a course of compassion. If we see here, when thou goest, it shall lead thee. We want to bind those things, that law of mother to our hearts. Why? Because there's a course to follow. Not only is it a course of godliness and a course of compassion, but we see that it's a course of condemnation. It's a course in which when we're wrong, mom intervenes and says so. The, the day and age in which we live, the the world largely believes that if I love someone or if a mother to love her child means that, that's, that she's to be their friend, their buddy, uh, above all else, that she's just to uh, encourage them and to let them express themselves in whatever way possible and uh, never to speak a rebuking word. But that's not true compassion. And that's not a course that's worth following. A mother's love and compassion requires her to cry out a warning whenever danger is coming. Uh, a mother uh, is is, that loves the Lord and loves her child will condemn that which would destroy a child's life. Uh, to cry out and to holler uh, that that's a danger or that that, uh, that friend is no friend at all or that uh, relationship is going to destroy your life or that, uh, that place that you want to go or that, you, that thing that you think is going to uh, be the solution to your problems. There, uh, there's something here that needs to be spoken out against because it's going to lead you away from the God that loves you and, sir, and that you need to serve. It's a course to follow. 
a course of godliness, a course that's compassionate, a course that's in line with the Word of God, and she speaks up and gives guidance whenever necessary. The second thing we see this morning is that it's a convicting course. We need our courses in life to bring conviction. Conviction is a good thing. Conviction shows that I'm walking close to the Lord. Conviction shows that I care about what uh, the Lord thinks. Conviction shows that I can care about what that godly mother thinks about me. I'm to bind this upon my heart and to tie them about my neck. And when thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. There's not much that can be better than a good night's rest. And a good night's rest comes when a conscience is clean. When our walk with God is right. When that character or that truth that mom has instilled in us is put us at ease. It makes it so that I can rest. It's a convicting course. Early truths are eternal truths. What mom puts in our heart at an early age stays with us for a lifetime. We may not always live it. But it's always there. I remember years ago whenever uh, Sonia and I had gotten married and, uh, and we had drifted away from the Lord and gotten out of church for several years. And I remember coming back to church and uh, it was mom, my mom that invited us back and got us to uh, coax us back into church. And we came and we listened and, uh, and we began to, to, to listen again and to, to hear truth. And that truth began to speak to us. It wasn't new truth. It was truth that had been instilled long ago. But the embers of that truth were still there. The reality of that truth was still there. I remember uh, as a, you know, when we lived in more northern climates and colder weather and, uh, and the fire would crust over at night and you'd get up in the morning and you'd need to restoke that fire and <coughs> you really didn't have to go through the hassle of starting a fire from the cold. You just uh, shoveled off that crust of, uh, of cold ash off the top and got down to the hot bed of embers and, uh, and you stirred that up and got some air on it and some fresh fuel on it and it wasn't long before you had a fire raging again. Listen, the truths, the eternal truths of the Word of God that have been instilled in a small child's heart by a loving, godly Christian mother. Even when that child strays and goes away, mom still has much to pray for and much to hope in because those embers are still there. Those embers are still waiting for someone to come and stoke that fire and to breathe on that again so that, uh, so that the fire is restored. Why? Because the truths that are placed into us at an early age are eternal truths. I have a really hard time at my present age trying to memorize things. I used to be able to memorize things fairly easily. And the things that I memorized whenever I was young, I can still generally quote. The things that I've tried to memorize in my later years, five minutes later are gone. I can't hardly get through it without a cheat sheet. It's just a struggle through life uh, to try to remember, try to commit something to memory. Uh, and so, I mean, something that's just really simple. Uh, if, I, if my wife sends me to the store to get three items, I'm going to come back with two, and one of those will be the wrong one. Uh, and so it's just hard if it's not written down to remember uh, the right thing to get. But I can get what, uh, what I was go sent after 20 years ago. Uh, and so it sounds like Alzheimer's, doesn't it? Uh, so you might need to pray for me. Uh, and so, but th why? Because those eternal truths are, or the early truths are eternal truths. 
they're things that stick with us. It's, it's why, because it, it works on us. And when I find myself drifting, when I find myself amiss, when I find myself uh, far away, the truths that are buried deep within me are what God always prays, uh, comes to and pulls from to draw out of me, to bring me back where he wants me to be. Not only are early truths eternal truths, but what is dear to a mother's heart is buried in ours. You know, the reality is, is that what's precious to your mom is precious to you. And you may not realize it if you're in your late teens and your 20s and 30s that may be something that's kind of that's a statement that might be kind of hard for you to grasp. But uh, let me just say to you that that which was really valuable and precious and sacred to your mom when you were a child, if it's not sacred to you now, it will be again as you get older. And if you look and you reflect on what's given to us by mom, it is the law of the mother. It is that early instruction. It is that shaping of our character and nature. It is that forming and influencing of our personality and that willingness to either, uh, you know, you, when you look at, uh, at someone that they, uh, they are so molded by mom as whether a, a young child, if they learn to uh, honor those which are in, older than them and, and, and res have respect for uh, older folks and for authority figures, and uh, that's been instilled in them largely by mom. That's what moms do. And then we don't, when we feel that we've depressed mom or we've upset mom or we've disappointed mom, uh, there's no greater heaviness of heart. I, I've been this and there's my great grandfather, uh, whenever I was really young, made my mom a paddle. Uh, and so, and it wasn't uh, too intimidating as, as an adult, but whenever I was five, it was pretty intimidating. It wasn't uh, overly thick, but it was appropriate for the age, and it had holes drilled in it, and it had a message written on it for my great-grandfather. We called him Big Paw, uh, and it, it had a message on there to me and my sister, and, uh, and I remember that thing getting used on us from time to time until my mom broke it over the head of one of our dogs that was trying to bite her. And so it, we got... Uh, out there and, and, you know, we would use it. And then I remember later on, sometimes it was, uh, I wish you would have used it. Instead, it was just the speech, you know, the talk and the how disappointed I am and how you've let me down and how could you do that. That was far worse than any paddling ever was. Why? Because it's convicting. It's that sense of knowing that I grieve someone that's invested so much in me and that I love. And you know, that same experience helps us relate so much better to the Lord. Whenever he convicts us and when we are drawn to him, the mother, the influence of mom, that, that steady influence that she put in our life gave us a course to follow. And we realize that the course that she set us on to follow, if it's a godly course, is a convicting course. It's a course that will draw us back in line when we stray, when we wander. It's a, it's a course that will cause us to reflect and think about how is this impacting my mom and how I love her. And listen, uh, it's not that our parents and our moms and even our dads are wanting to uh, control our lives, but our lives throughout our lifetime should be guided by whether or not this is honoring our moms and dads. It's a convicting course. Lastly, this morning we see that mom is a companion to the finish. 
Mom is not someone that's here today and gone tomorrow. And even whenever the Lord does call mom home, she's still there. You never escape what's been instilled by mom. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. When thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is light. The father gives the command. That's the lamp. But the light of that lamp is the law of the mother. How God takes and instills that law to lead us and guide us through life. It is the light and the reproof of instruction. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. They guide us. Mom's always with us. A mother's voice this morning is an eternal voice. It never goes away. My aunt <coughs> Rita over here, she... Uh, was a, a movie director whenever she was in her probably 20s uh, at the home movie variety. You know, the big reel-to-reel, -reel, the silent type. You know, we, we got over silent movies in the 20s and then uh, home movies brought them back. And so uh, we, the kids came over a couple weeks ago and, uh, and wanted to watch some of our home movies from when they were children. They were complete color with sound and the whole nine yards and you could hear everything that's going on and you can hear everybody's voice. But those old home movies from, uh, from the 70s, those, uh, those are silent. And every once in a while, I'll take those out and I'll watch them. And my wife only met a couple of people that are in those. And, uh, and so I tend to find myself watching those more when I'm by myself because uh, I, I remember everyone uh, or most everyone. And I go back and kind of relive some of those moments whenever I was a young child. And, uh, you know, the amazing thing about it is, is that I can... I can watch them and I can go around and I can say, okay, this is this person's last this holiday and this person's last this holiday or uh, this person was about to go through this or this person just went through that. But here's the most amazing thing to me. The most amazing thing to me when I watch those is that I can still hear their voices. Even though there's no sound, I remember their voices. I remember the tone. I remember the inflection. I, and some of that's, most of that's good memories, so some of it I'd rather forget. But uh, for the most part, uh, those, are, those are wonderful memories. But the point that I'm making is this, is that a mother's voice is eternal. It's always there. You never forget mom's voice. Whether mom is still with you or whether mom is in heaven, you can still hear her voice. You don't question it. When you walk into the gates of heaven yourself and mom is there to greet you and you hear that voice, you won't have to turn around and look to see is it really her. You'll just know. Why? Because that voice never goes away. That voice is eternal. She's a companion to the finish. Whether your mom is physically with you or not, she's within you. What she taught you lies within you. That investment lies within you. And that voice will never leave you. And then I would say that though I walk alone, we walk together. Wherever you find yourself in life, whether you find yourself literally alone or if you find yourself just many miles from mom or mom on the other side, not only is the memory of her there, but she's there within. You're walking together with her. She's invested in your life. She's molded you and she shaped you into the person that you are. And God has 
given her that power of influence in our lives. By the very structure of the family, God gave us to one who could love us, who could nurture us, who could comfort us, who had the patience to carry us around when we cried and no one could understand why and we couldn't tell them why. We didn't know why ourselves and it's a wonderful thing that we can't even remember those days, but mom remembers them. To care for us when we were sick, to cry for us when we were hurt, to invest in us and to lift us up when we were sad. That is what moms have done. That course that she's given us to follow, that conviction that she's put within us to live, that companionship, even if it's just a memory throughout all that we experience, has shaped us and will lead us from birth to the grave. Thomas Edison is someone that we remember for his inventions. When I stop and I think about someone like Thomas Edison, I, I can't help but uh, wonder, you know, this is a brilliant man, the brilliant mind. It's hard for me to stop and look at someone like him and to think, here's someone that was a troubled boy. It's hard for me to look at someone that had such creativity and such intelligence and think they struggled in school. They couldn't learn. Matter of fact, Thomas Edison's case, when he was in about the second grade, his teacher sent him home with a note basically saying, don't send them back, he's too stupid to learn. Literally. And his mother wouldn't accept that. And his mother began to teach him herself. And she invested in him. And he, the problem is that he was dyslexic. And she made that investment and she wouldn't give up. And no matter how hard it was, she just stayed after him and she disciplined him and she corrected him and she encouraged him and she loved him and she gave him what he needed. And Thomas Edison later in life wrote this. I did not have my mother long, but she cast over me an influence which has lasted all of my life. The good effects of her early training, of her early training I could never lose. If it had not been for her appreciation and her faith in me at a critical time in my experience, I should never likely have become an inventor. I was always a careless boy. And with a mother of different mental caliber, I should have turned out badly. But her firmness, her sweetness, her goodness were potent powers to keep me on the right path. My mother was the making of me. The memory of her will always be a blessing to me. I would say to you moms, make your children's memory of you, especially if you have young children, a blessing to them. When, when you're gone, when you're with the Lord, may your memory be a blessing to your children. To us, I would all, all of us, I would say, remember all the blessings of your mother. Whether you have her still or not, if you have them, if you have her still, cherish her. If you have her still, appreciate her. If you have her still, let her know that you love her, that you're thinking of her. If you don't, cherish the memory. If you don't remember the good things. So pastor, you know, my mom wasn't the most godly person or my mom wasn't this. There's plenty of good things for you to cling to. 
So, Pastor, what about the bad things? Aren't you glad she doesn't cling to the bad things in your life? All of us make mistakes. All of us have sin in our lives. All of us have things that we wish we could go back and redo. But the reality is, is that we have been given a wonderful blessing from God. And her name is Mom. God designed it that way. God made it that way for a purpose. To every young mother or every young woman who aspires to be a mother, accept the challenge of instilling in your children a godly course of life. Live in such a way that your voice goes with them through life and convicts them when they stray. And live in such a way that they enjoy your companionship to the finish. To those who are older in life, don't fret about days gone by. Don't worry about missed opportunities. You can't go back and relive them, but you can change them from this moment forward. God can help you to pray, to love, to instill that which God has done in your life, even if it came later in life. We've been given a wonderful blessing. Let's not waste it. Let's not let mom go through life being taken for granted or discounted. Let's love her. Because when we lift her up, when we love her, when we honor her, we're being obedient to the word of God, to the will of God, and we are bringing glory to the name of God. That's what God has given. What a wonderful blessing. And what a powerful influence the mother has in the life of a child. May we forever show our gratitude.